0: You are listening to the Sickleton Noise Podcast on the Pro-Sign Web Podcast Network sponsored by RCF and Allen Heath. For over 70 years, RCF's passion for perfection drives the design of every product to create unique experiences for venues around the globe. RCF's R-A-PRO Series Professional Active Studio Monitors are optimized for near-field studio applications, broadcast, and desktop use. Whether you're in a small studio using a mobile system or hotel room desk, you have a powerful system to accurately mix with uncolored audio reproduction. Learn more at rcf-usa.com for the latest news and product information. RCF, the sound behind the experience. Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. A math problem. If Bob has 12 pounds of taco meat, to serve a crew of ten, which contains two vegetarians and only three dozen corn tortillas and five tomatoes. Can I get more base in my monitor?
1: I wish I could break free. Back to where I'm supposed to be. I wish I could break free. Back to where I'm supposed
2: to be. Hi. This is a signal to noise um, from, <laughs> for a sound web. Maybe you've heard of us. Uh, we're back. We're here. Um, it's February. I know it's February because this will release soon. Um, I'm joined by Sam Boone, Michael Lawrence, and Chris Leonard. Hey, 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 hey. I am Kyle Turnside. We will be your, your host tonight. And uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to uh, Nashville. I know, I know there's some housekeeping, but I... That's the I want to say That's this. That's the housekeeping. Yeah. Here's here's the other housekeeping. That one post that Chris put up on the Facebook group about um, the Super Bowl it, prep. It or was an ATK it was,
0: prep for the Super Bowl. Yeah.
2: We have gained a thousand. What I, I, I'm being low, a th- like 1,200 new members, and tell you what, we we kind of have to vet a few of them coming in and out, but most of them all have groups in common, so. If I see that or I see, like, common friends or whatever, so out of the, the 1,200 people, welcome. Welcome to our Facebook group. It's pretty cool. Start posting shit so I don't have to all the time and Chris doesn't. Because <laughs> uh, if you work in this business, you're taking pictures of consoles and complaining about somebody's snare, so post it. Um, <laughs> we want to see that stuff. And check out our Discord. I know it's been growing exponentially as well. Yeah? I'm not on there because yep. absolutely, I'm old.
3: You actually, Kyle, have two accounts on on our Discord. Yeah.
2: I do. One's a fake account. It's like one's me being 21, and then one's me not being 21.
0: Most people, when they try to like have a fake account to like stalk things, they use a, a, a yeah, they different don't, name. They a different name.
2: <laughs> 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 I haven't quite figured this whole technology thing out yet. It's, it's right.
0: not very incognito <laughs> of you to use the same name, but
4: anyway. No. I love how when people try to tag Kyle, we tag both of his accounts. We tag, both
2: I'll jump in. Like If you tag me, I'll jump in, but you kids talk I about some crazy stuff. I don't think you
0: will, because you've been double-tagged multiple times but anyway exactly. uh, this, is just, wait, march this is perfect
3: and... march 8th in national hard rack cafe come on out sign up for the event bright link mike green's going to be there he's going to be doing a uh acoustic performance for us rcf's going to be there alan heath's going to be there uh come out and say hello
0: it'll be fantastic we are inside. over we are over 30 um uh capacity so that, that's good oh, cool
2: I, I want to list. It. I want to tell everybody who comes out that they're going to be a guest on that episode. So if you sign up, that's you're, true. L- you're literally going to be a guest <laughs> on the 200th episode, <laughs> and it'll be the biggest liner notes that we've ever wrote for. It because it'll just have like everybody who came. Yeah, so that's
0: make true, sure you give us your that. social security, your credit card, all that. We'll just yeah, mother's Made name. Like, yep, the like, name of yep. the house you grew
3: up on. Um, I
2: bet you can't send a picture of yourself.
3: <laughs> Kyle, what's the coolest thing you have in arm's reach? You were busy today.
2: I don't know, I said I was getting out Star Wars stuff, so I found um
3: but talk about your wall there that's sick with oh okay, head, so
1: yeah
2: yeah, yeah, okay, so <laughs> bro <laughs> i got I got these records from this band that I used to work with, and then I went through some other stuff, which I think this is the coolest part, one right here, I don't know if you guys can see it it's it's a black and white poster, and there's some red smears on it. that was literally signed by the blood of the members of fallout boy. And there was only like 10 or 15 of these given out at every show. Cause obviously it was their blood and they didn't want to drain them or whatever. But <laughs> at, at the very top of, of the infinity on high uh, album, I put up a set list from reading uh, when we played out there. And then uh, my input list, I thought that was fun. Cause no one that's like, cool. but I just thought it was fun. Um, so I put up my mm-hmm. input list and mic selection. And that's when you still had to list, what you needed gates and comps on remember that remember mm-hmm. when you didn't have gates or comps on everything and you were like oh i got one personas acp8 and these four 160s <laughs> and you had to decide you're like push up the faders halfway for gates all the way for comps yeah so that was 2007 2007. that's awesome
0: that's pretty
3: cool yeah it is really neat that's uh, super cool chris leonard cool thing in arms reach
2: so,
0: I apparently had a mic bag full of like knickknacks and stuff, as most us audio humans do. So, I reached in and grabbed one of the most valuable, coveted pieces of things that you would have to find in a bag. That's your eighth inch to quarter inch adapter for your headphones, <laughs> <laughs> and a uh, yep. And Kyle's got one, and then a, a a dual lav mic clip because when you need to have like redundancy, you need to mm-hmm. have two heads on a on a clip. Which these are actually you don't see these very often. And so you keep these in my, my tech kit for more Is that how you cakes. know you work in
4: corporate? Yeah,
0: pretty much.
2: <laughs> I'm checking Same. to see if I have a dual love clip here.
0: Sam, what do you got?
4: Um, I have a latte with the, in like a That's... really cute little... Good to have a chocolate mug.
3: That's allowed, I suppose. <laughs> I have... Oh, God, I would have to choose. Um... I have a TI-84 plus calculator. I had a TI-83 plus literally since high school, and it finally gave up the ghost, and Sam got me a new calculator for Christmas, which is really a very thoughtful gift. And, uh, yeah, I know you. it's a phone app. There's. It's got to be – it's not the same, Chris. You got to – It is. Gotta, it is. If you take
0: your phone app and it you turn the to same. the side, I no, can do just about everything that you can do. Nah, uh, not it's the same, same. sir.
3: Not the same. This is this is this like, is like the this is the H three K
0: for the amount of math that I need to do, my phone does just fine.
3: That, that oh, that's a totally different conversation. Um, all right, the- our <laughs> <laughs> our guest this week is my friend Alana Mumford. We met doing a festival in West Virginia over the summer, and she's super fucking cool. And I was like, you should come on my fucking podcast because you are cool as fuck. Yeah. And so so we got her here. She has done all sorts of. Live sound engineering, she's done recording, she's done cavern operating, which, like, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that, but she's done all sorts of stuff. She's done, she worked for Feld, she's done Disney on Ice, uh she worked at Loud and Clear, and she's done festivals and cruise ships, and she's done sound for the White House and all kinds of cool shit. So, Alana, super glad that you're here. It's so Yay. cool to see you. Hi,
5: thank you. I'm glad to finally be
3: here. <laughs> I've been texting her this for like like literally like nine months. Like, yo, are you coming on the show? And she's like, we will come yeah. sometime soon. Um, yep. what, do you, yep. what do you have that's within arm's length that's cool? Uh,
5: I have... What's
3: the coolest
5: thing? It's a, this. It's Vaseline? But it's... No, it's my AirPod case. Oh, oh, wow. It just looks, uh, looks uh, like Vaseline. Whoa. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the cool that is cool right now
3: that is it always throws
5: people off because i have it sitting next to me and they're like what are you doing with vaseline all the time why do you need vaseline so close to what you're doing i get that question too
2: (laughs) oh got weird got weird
5: uh well
3: (laughs) Um. all right so alana where are you joining us from right now
5: I'm I'm in Ohio right now. I'm in Middletown, Ohio, which is my hometown oh, cool. where I was raised. Oh, H. So, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, we are home. Which is great because I've been on the road since August, basically.
3: You've been globe trotting.
5: I have. I've loved every moment of it. I haven't been so far out of the country. I've just... Before this, I was just doing, like, cruise ship things and hopping off on the ports. But that's, like, a totally different experience to, like, actually going overseas and being in Saudi Arabia then I didn't really think I'd ever really go there for work but I did and that was like one of my most favorite places so. wow that's awesome yeah
3: what what uh what led you into this line of work like how did you get to where you are do you remember
5: yeah um I just it's the pattern. In my life, I just follow what I am passionate about. Yeah. Um, so in college, I studied, out of all the things I studied, the audio part, I liked the best, audio and music. So I just ended up getting a degree in that. But I didn't really learn much in college because, like, yeah, it's college. I didn't learn anything <laughs> until, like, afterwards, until I started getting, like, hands-on experience. So I ended up, because I had that degree, it didn't help me at all. I got it from like Ohio, not like a actual audio school, like a entertainment audio school. But anyways, mm-hmm. I ended up working at the Cincinnati Zoo oh, as, as their audio visual um, technician. And it was just a small team and I was the only AV tech. So I learned a lot. And my boss at the time, his name is Dutch. He used to tour. He used to be a touring engineer. So I would learn a bunch of things from him. This is when I started learning. Um, I forgot who he... He used to tour with Bonnie Raitt back in the day and some other people, Depeche Mode, I think he said. I don't know. I can't remember. But every so often in the uh, zoo in the spring would hold these little tiny concerts, like on a little, small stage. And that's when I learned how to, to like patch for the first time. I remember I patched like six or eight inputs, and I was like,
2: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to say that you did the dolphin show or like the, the seal show where they'd oh, up the people
5: i actually yeah i did i skipped that part the first thing i did my first job at the zoo that lasted like a couple months before i went to the tech department i actually ran the audio for the cheetah show where the yeah. cheetahs ran and i did the audio for the bird show where the birds flew through the crowds and yes. the, the hosts were on like lavaliers and handhelds and the bird even had a handheld mic what <laughs> yeah. Pretty yeah pretty cool wait what <laughs> he did. He didn't hold it, but of course, like the the host would hold the handheld mic for the bird, and the bird would speak back to their cues, and it was like a parrot or some other talking. Oh, that's, bird. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome! That's amazing. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and, and and there dad. it is, there it is, listeners. Another job in the audio field that we haven't touched on quite yet. Yep. You could you could you could be the audio birds. person. Yep, you could be the audio person at the zoo. I have a friend here in St. Louis who was a graduate of Webster University. Um she works at the zoo here in St. Louis and I got to pick her brain about some of this stuff. The bummer that she ran into was the the availability and like the level of quality that they were giving to the people who worked the stuff and the and the gear that they had at the zoo. But as far as the experience goes, she loved going to the zoo. Like mm-hmm that's your job you just go to the zoo it's I, I guess it's kind of like a, a theme park audio engineer as well like a, your job is limited but the experience is probably what drives you to do other things as well
5: oh absolutely that sums it up to the t i think we me and her probably share very similar experiences not the best equipment but she taught me how to troubleshoot a lot too. Yep. really uh get Got me really good at troubleshooting because that's not where the money really goes in the zoo. At least back in the day, they don't put it towards the tech, it's more about animal life. So, yeah, yeah, there are ways to hop into audio that you would not expect. So, I'm a testimony of that.
0: (laughs) One of my tours stopped at a zoo one time. Actually, believe it or not, <laughs> really? Was, when, yeah, when I was on tour with Tears for Fears, we played the Oregon Oregon Zoo, which they uh. actually have a decent sized like amphitheater. Um, oh. And uh, there's like like the, you play like next to the elephants, um, and apparently they use the amphitheater for like the bird show when like there's not concerts there, uh, and so the bird show was the opening act. So like they had like <laughs> they, they they had like the bird person like come out. And like they had like falcons and a bald eagle and stuff fly from like the back of the crowd over the <laughs> crowd and land up on stage and they talked about them whatever and then like right before the show we all like meet the crew and the band we all went out, out back and got pictures next to like bald eagles you know like st- you know sitting right next to man so Hannah was... Hannah's gonna be so excited when she hears this
3: episode <laughs> that is a cool story holy cow <laughs> and
2: and I I always wonder about this is like sound pressure and animals in the zoo obviously you know it's it's very yep. quiet but um. Did they play Everybody Wants to Rule the World or did they play Shout? Like I want to know what their set list was. <laughs> no, they played the full. What is a tear for fear was- zoo list? Sound <laughs> <out>? <laughs> it
0: was it was the full set, but it was definitely uh, it, was, it was there was definitely SPL that was. I I was doing monitors, we we're on ear, so I, I didn't affect me whatsoever. Yeah, especially
5: with them being right next to the elephants biggest ears. it was <laughs> de- yeah, it, it,
0: it, it was definitely a conversation going into it of like all right here's gonna be the restrictions and stuff but yeah it was, it was oh. fun anyway interesting
4: <laughs> so interesting i've never thought about spl limits at a zoo i uh,
3: actually uh, have we have rational acoustics as a client that uses uh, smart spl in the zoo to monitor the noise levels in the habitats and they Combine that with information from the, the cameras on the animals and behavior patterns. How are we, and
2: it's really how cool, are we figuring all this shit out right now? Thank you, Alana, for coming on. Because, uh, <laughs> I
4: know, right? I was like...
2: Where's all these fucking stories coming from? <laughs> I was like, Chris, that's Everybody, a new one for me. Everyone's got a zoo story except for Sam and I. Way to go. I know,
4: right? Kyle, we're just over here doing rock shows. I don't know what to tell you. We're lame. <laughs> lame. This time.
3: So, Alana, do you like remember like when you were like... Hey, I could get paid to do sound. Like, was that a a realization where you're like, this is cool, or like the first time that you realized it was a job? Because what I loved that you were like, yeah, I just kind of think it's cool. Because that's my whole plan. I don't have a plan past. I think this is cool. I just kind of go where it leads me. But you know, there was definitely a part of my life when I didn't realize that I could do that for a job.
5: Yeah, I I don't know if it was a specific moment or if it was. I, I think it was just all of like the little stories I'd hear from my boss at the time at the zoo. He would tell me about all the money that he made when he was touring. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But that seemed like far-fetched for me because he's talking about his past. It's a huge age gap. It's whatever year it was when I was having those conversations. Um, I think one of the moments actually was there was a, the zoo had hired a production company to come and set up some speakers down the street for their fest What or they doing like a marathon like a running marathon because the zoo Cincinnati Zoo is situated in the middle of Avondale Ohio so it's like surrounded by neighborhoods and major streets and things like that so they just did a um, just a little setup but anyways I remember they had like a front of house set up and I was like oh that's interesting so I went over and talked to them and that's when I actually started I talked to the people that were working there and that's when I started realizing like there's local ways for me to get paid doing audio or sound or any type of production work in general.
2: And that's when I really
5: started like um, branching out and trying to work in production. I think before I started working at the zoo, I was trying to apply to local studios, like recording studios, but there weren't too many um, that were very, that had the budget to even hire anybody. So yeah, that's why I ended up at the zoo and then from the zoo and like that, marathon situation, realizing that there's a network of production companies locally. That's probably when I realized like, oh, I can kind of expand and make some money. I can start learning more things, getting hands on, get out of the environment, because it's cool to show up to the zoo every day. But I, the monotony for me would get a little a little not thrilling. I would just, some days I just dreaded it. So had to change it up. And that's what I love about production is that every show, everything is different.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Chris Chris found a picture of him with the with the eagle by no the way. While well, you were talking, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to text it to you, Alana, so you can see it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you did recording and you do live like is there one or the other that's more engaging to you or interesting to you? I uh, I think a lot of people I was in high school and I got roped into some recording stuff at the local studio. And I was like, "This is cool." And then after a couple of weeks, I was like, "This is not something I want to do." Like, I just, you know, they spent nine hours listening to a snare drum today, you know, and that's just not for me. And then when I realized that they're live, to be fair, the there's a lot of front by. of house
0: guys who still do that as well, and that's, also that's true. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
3: <laughs> you know, Sorry. I, I. Well, I'm just saying. I remember. I remember that. I remember like the. It was a complex realization at the time. Going, I'm interested in this subject, but not in this particular job. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and then I realized that live was a thing, but I mean, do you, you have a preference or did you recall like finding what part of audio was most interesting to you?
5: It depends on the season and it depends on the gig. Um, I like recording a lot because I like the vocal production aspect of it. I like the creativity behind it. I like working with clients and artists that I really am inspired by and they have, have very, very talented. I love working with that level of talent that just pushes me and they're looking for direction. I don't know. I like that exchange when it comes to recording. I like the energy of being locked in the studio for like 14 hours, just cranking out (laughs) tracks and the flow of it all. I just, I really enjoy that. But then Going back to me and Monotony, I don't like it. <laughs> so at a certain time, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to get out. Let me go travel. And then that's when I start leaning back towards doing like the live and stuff, whether it be locally or bigger than that. I'm like, as long as I can just keep switching up, depending on how I'm feeling in that season. It's kind of how I've been moving the last two years between the two. Just bouncing back it's- and forth.
3: I mean, that's, that's, there's something to be said about though. I, you know, I do a lot of different things and I like that. And I I don't think any of the things I do, I'd want to do all the time. Yeah. So like, that's a pretty cool, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about a lot on the show is like, should I be freelance? Should I work for a company? And that's kind of, you've got that freedom to choose what you want to do for the next couple of months of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and go to wherever you are and not be available to text me for
2: months. I was like, where is she? And and that's what was fun about looking at uh, the resume that you send over. It was, it was diverse and there, there's a bit of corporate, there's a bit of rock and roll, there's cruise ship, there's recording, there's camera operation. So, I think that needs to be a testament for all the listeners as well, is just kind of go out there and do everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it will break the monotony because we talk about people that just go on tour and they're out for 10 months, 11 months, and they don't know how to live life. Um, I I think breaking the monotony like you have with your resume is, is a good way to look at the approach to this audio business is um, do it all. Yeah. I, I, you you seem fairly happy i, yeah. I i'm not i mean <laughs> what and, and you just said before we started recording i think that that you finished up some cruises before is is it now be honest is it kind of like an audio <laughs> vacation sometimes oh my
5: gosh yes especially if there you it do is. like the pre-cruise where you load the ship um you load all the gear on the ship um for one cruise. So how how it works is pre-cruise, you load all the gear on and then you put it in these hallways and in the theaters and wherever else you can tuck it off into that makes it accessible. And then you get your own room and lucky you get a balcony and you just enjoy mm-hmm. the cruise like you were a normal passenger for like a week or so or however many days a cruise is. And then once that round of cruise ends and all the people leave once they're leaving, then we start setting up all of the stuff that we loaded on. So pre-cruise is now over. And now it's time for the Mm. work music festival cruise thing. I don't know why it happens that way. I didn't ask all those questions. I just enjoyed my free drinks and (laughs) my free (laughs) Free food. (laughs) Yes, my free everything. And then got to work like a week later. So it's pretty awesome that way. But when it's not a pre-cruise situation and you're working like the theater or the pool deck, I mean, it's a vacation, but like you're not leaving that space like all day. Like no. you're there from morning to morning <laughs> and then you're going straight to bed and then waking up and doing it again for five, six, seven days. And then the load out is like almost immediately after um, the show, you might get a couple hours and nap, but loading out on a cruise ship kind of really sucks because it's like small type imagine. spaces and like you're rocking and I'm always seasick. <laughs> so yeah.
2: I was going to ask about that. Like, There's got to be unpleasant cruises. Everyone thinks that it's just going to be this sunshiny, awesome adventure with your family. And you're providing entertainment service for people that wake up at like three o'clock in the morning because Mm -hmm. they're so excited to be on a fucking boat. Like, (laughs) uh, is there times when you guys couldn't work because the weather was so bad or like illness, like you said, Mm -hmm. getting sick?
5: Yeah, I think uh, the very last cruise that I did was right when COVID was a thing like when it first began right before they actually labeled it covid um it was when like the other cruise ship was locked down in port and that dock um but it was storming it was so bad all around it was storming so bad that we could not really load in and do the rigging on the pool deck and then it was like rocking so bad because it was storming that it was difficult to fly the pa in the theater because it's like It was just a lot of rocking, a lot of rocking. And then on the pool deck, water was pooling in the pool because you build the stage in the pool. They drain the pool and you build the stage out of the pool. So that was filling back up with water. And it was just a whole mess, but it all got done. It just took way longer than anybody would like. And then on that cruise, a couple days in, people started getting like really sick. (laughs) And we didn't know what it was. So people were just dropping and then, trying to pull through, trying to push through. And then they started, it went from like hanging out after the shows in the theater to one day, like the crew, like the crew's team or whoever, they just came in and they were like, you guys gotta go. So sorry, you guys can't hang out after this day of shows. And they came in in like hazmat, sh- hazmat suits and like, these, like yeah. these sprayers and we were like, what's going on? And they were like, it's just a stomach bug going on. Come to find out it was COVID. And it was I couldn't even finish loadout because like it hit me so bad. So I am probably like patient zero (laughs) basically.
2: (laughs) We found her.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that cruises are pretty rough because you can't escape it. Like you can't like just go sit in your hotel room. Like if, if the boat is rocking and you're sick, you go back to your room, the boat is still gonna rock and your your resources are just limited on a cruise ship. I kind of don't like cruise ships because I feel trapped after a few days. Can't get off.
0: Well, sp- speaking of feeling trapped, when you're when you're on there, do you ever contemplate whether Jack could have fit on the door with Rose? Oh, all the is, time. Is <laughs> I look at
5: that all the <laughs> time. I'm always looking over Sorry. the edge and I think he absolutely could. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't yeah. like... With the weight.
0: That's a Titanic <laughs> reference for anyone who didn't uh, get the reference there. So Sam looked a little lost. I, I got sure.
4: that one. It's okay, like the right, one right. I've gotten
0: this year. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. Sam, <laughs> Sam, who has viewed zero
3: movies in her life. Yeah, I'm also the but
4: same. Sam lives under a rock. <laughs> I'm the same. It, it, but I do know Titanic though. <laughs> I got that one. Yeah. See.
2: So, so I got a weird sound question about a cruise ship. So when you go to elevation there's different sound pressure because of the elevation obviously on a cruise ship does the wind it, what sounds different to you on a cruise ship than being on stable land? Like what's, is anything more difficult or.
5: You know, I haven't done it in so long. So when I first started doing cruise ships, I don't think I really had the technical ear and know how to really pay attention to it back then. Cause this was couple of years ago so I've gained a whole bunch of experience and a whole bunch of perspective and I haven't done a cruise ship since that last time that I just mentioned that I think I would better be able to answer your question in a few weeks because I have a cruise coming up like um yeah in a couple like a month or so I have an answer for that but right now n- not, no answer but I want to say there is a noticeable difference I just wasn't paying attention because I didn't know back then I was a baby <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> is it like is it like just rocking all the time all though the time. i feel like that would probably bother me oh, all God, the time yeah, i mean I don't you know tie it for off me, Alana.
5: we tie off the hangs um as best as possible but everything's rocking and then you if you're on stage and you look at the crowd they're rocking they don't feel it but they're <laughs> rocking.
0: And, and for the record, this isn't a metal tour or a metal cruise, right? We're talking like physically the
3: boat.
5: Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're also yeah rocking along to the music. They but yeah, no, are. It's all the above. Yeah. My my
1: friend
2: my friend my Rory's out on uh, seventy tons of metal right now. They actually exactly. just set See, up. They're the, rocking out there, right? I mean, it's... yeah, nice. it. It's a metal cruise he he does every year. So I look at his pictures, and it always looks spectacular. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to ask, what's not spectacular? Is that the one in Mexico
5: right now? I don't know. I got some friends on there, too, right now. They might be the same one. It is spectacular. I just
2: want to go on a cruise. Do it. I just want to go on a cruise.
5: (laughs) Do it. I recommend it. It is a good time, and all the late, free, drunk pizza is awesome. (laughs)
2: My my lady wants to do one of those uh, music cruises where like bands jump on and play and there's DJs and all kinds of shit. And I'm like, no, you don't do it? no, I don't want, I just want to go on a normal well, then, cruise where like, you, you could have done the quiet. Emo's not
0: dead one. They did that. They they had the Emo's not dead, did a
2: whole cruise. I don't want to uh, listen to that crap. I <laughs> know, <laughs> but I
0: mean, but you, you can go work for no. some bands on that.
2: No, I want, I'm quiet on vacation. I want quiet. <laughs> Get and it. free what do You food. want like
3: the Art, the Art Garfunkel cruise? Like what you? <laughs> <saying>? <laughs> totally.
5: <laughs>
2: I went to Jeff Holly cruise where I can contemplate <laughs> life. <laughs> I feel you on
5: that,
3: Alana, What's your favorite thing that you've done? You've done a bunch of stuff. Your resume is like, like Kyle said, very diverse. A lot of different types of things. And uh, do you have anything that you think back on? You're like, that was the coolest shit ever. Besides, besides doing a festival with me,
5: that was I'm actually sure. really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that festival. I couldn't even lie. That was such a lit festival. Um, I I don't even remember what the bands exactly were. But I really enjoyed those performances. um Like when it was like the funk bands. I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed.
3: You had the cool stage. Cool. We had the we had the the country. We had the yeehaw stage. You had the cool stage.
5: I,
4: yeah that's that's pretty accurate
5: No, yeah. they were. you guys were on the main stage i was just down there my own little pit. i did the symphony at the end now the symphony at the end was pretty cool that was that yeah. was pretty cool i enjoyed that you guys weren't there i think you guys had left by the time that because that was the very last moment yeah i think we
3: flew yeah there. uh we we had uh the four tops on our stage which i was enjoyed psych.
5: the four tops. that's who it was they were yeah so cool yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> And we also had uh, – I mean, I was so disappointed because the guy who was mixing them was doing some cool shit, and I, I got his email, and it just, like, was – we haven't been able to, like, connect, and I really wanted to have him on the show and talk to him because he did some really cool stuff. Uh, but also, kind of a trip for me, fastball. Remember fastball? We had fastball Holy on God. our stage. Yeah. yeah. And I and was, like, yeah. I've – like, I just checked a box, you know, and my high school self was, like, so excited for fastball and – and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I was just so happy about it. Um, and I, I mixed a party band, too.
1: Right.
3: So I guess Ibra was, wanted to go have a lunch. And I was like, I got it, bro. And uh, I mixed a party band awesome. in front of Wayne Paulie. I mixed a band in front of Wayne Paulie, Yeah. That is, that You're is... brave. <laughs> wow.
5: <laughs> Can't confirm.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was fun.
5: What a time. Yep. That was a good one. I think it was the peak for me, and it lasted for years, for many summers, was pretty much everything, it's not audio, it's the camera work I did that I was doing with Dave Chappell out in Yellow Springs, Ohio. It was awesome. It was so awesome. I mean, so we, it was with Loud and Clear, and we set up the whole entire production, like all of everything that was there, the audio, the lighting, the video, the camera. Um, So we did all of that. So I did have a little bit to do with the audio. I set it up, but then I did camera for the rest of the time. But it was simply my favorite because the array of things that happened out there in the middle of this Christmas tree cornfield, literally no exaggeration (laughs) for like summers on end. So it was uh, 2020 when the pandemic happened, just being able to go in the pandemic, the peak, the start of the pandemic when nobody else was doing shows, I think is a super, super amazing honor to have. they were it was so pandemicy that the audience at the time was only like fifty maybe thirty five people um mm-hmm. and they were in pairs, and everybody was in these like little chalk outline circles that were like twenty feet apart from each other and took like filled up the span of the field that we were in and Dave performed and we didn't have any, um, curfews or sound limits in the beginning. So it was like, everything was loud. Everything was long and it lasted all night and it was lit because it would be like random shows with all his friends that are just legends that would just like pop out and you would never know what to expect. And it just changed my whole life. And then we did that summer after summer and the audience grew from like 25 to like 400, 800 in that same field. He lives there. Yeah.
2: He lives there. Right. It, Tell yeah. me, tell me, tell me. Most deaf was oh. there. Tell me, most of deaf came. Yeah, out.
5: I think he was there like once or twice. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs>
5: did
3: you say most uh, def?
2: Yeah, most deaf. Are man. you are you most deaf fan? Yeah, Black Star Talib Kweli dude. Talib, Talib was there yeah. all the like, time. I,
3: Talib was there all.
2: Talib the time. was awesome as well. But I, but I, if it worked, I did him dude. at
3: Rutgers Fest years ago. He was he was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Love it. Love it some of the coolest dudes to sit and talk to too it's like they come and they hang out just like they put their pants on like us it's so fun (laughs) Uh,
1: for me
5: common performed Eric badu performed a few times and those are some of my favorite performances like and i saw them multiple times like at one time i was like wow and then it happened again. I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> like the third time. Like, <laughs> twice. Yeah, it was like seven times in, and I'm like, "Damn, I'm so spoiled. Like this is so awesome." It was. It was
2: very. Think weird. about that. Dave Chappelle reunited the Fugees. Did he? Like, le- legit. Like, do you remember that street party thing that he did? Oh, yeah. And he re- released the DVD. Um, like that man can get some acts. Like he needs to do it again and reunite Outkast because hip hop really needs some help right now.
5: I love Andre 2000 so much. I love Big Boy too, but Andre special.
2: Them two together, it's very special.
5: Yeah, so special. That would be awesome. Somebody needs to. Somebody, if it's not Dave, then somebody else needs to do it.
2: (laughs) 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 We need another album. Coachella. Wow. Coachella 2026. (laughs)
5: Amazing.
3: 26. <laughs> We're ready. You got to give him a couple years to get the project back together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alana, how are you learning? How are you deepening your own skills? I mean, you have such a wide breadth of experience, but like, what are you doing to get deeper into stuff? Is it just you're out there touching it in the field? Mostly. Or are you? You know. You Mostly, know?
5: yeah. I'm like out there, literally, as you said, learning as I go. Um, when I get thrown into a situation, um, or another show or something, I learn as I go. I do my best to prepare in advance. Like if I know what gear is on like the um is on like the call not the call list, but like the list. Oh I can't remember any terms right now. I'm so tired. But like if I know what's on the order, then I do my best to like research if I'm unfamiliar with it. But because I've been working locally, I've just been doing a whole bunch of work with like L because that's what's like out here in cincinnati mostly right now so um yeah just literally learn as i go i don't know i do my research too but my mind is all over the place all the time so i never really have moments where i'm like i never really sit down and study for like hours at a time i can't say i do that Mm -hmm. so yeah i like the spontaneity of life (laughs) and i do my best to be as well prepared and when i don't know things i am not afraid to ask questions i think i used to be shy and afraid to look like i didn't know things but there's power in not knowing and being even more power and being Mm -hmm. brave enough to admit that you don't know something and also showing that you're inquisitive and you actually care and you want to know these things and you actually ingest and utilize the information that you've been given until you got it and then and i think that's more commendable like if somebody approached me the way that i've just explained i would be like oh shoot okay i i got you like, <laughs> like let's let's do this together let's and then it could be a learning experience both ways you know when because i learn when i explain things back too so some
3: people yeah but well, that's oh, yeah. what i that's what i really liked about working with you is you know I showed up to your stage and I was like hey what's up I have to tune this PA and you're like that's cool and I was like all right like do you you know cuz I'm always like are you interested in this like do you want to talk about it or do you do you want to go eat and you know have a break and you're like no I'm totally into it and like we talked about the whole thing and and worked through it together and and it's like that's mm-hmm. cool you know because a lot of people just don't a lot of people don't. they don't care they don't want to talk about it they don't they don't want to learn anything they don't want to ask anything they're just like there until they can go home you know and and to me it's like no i want to interact with another person who likes this stuff and let's talk about what we're doing and let's talk about how we can you know overcome whatever issues we're dealing with and let's you know how can we do this best and and that made it fun i agree i agree
5: i enjoyed it i enjoy it. i enjoy and we it.
3: ate a shitload of mac and cheese at that festival that too was-
5: yo i there
4: was it is. so much it was like street food <laughs> that was so many food trucks
3: it was like a ritual because we were there i think what three days sam and yeah. and so every day i'd be like yo hey, Lana, let's go get some food and we would just go and see what what horribly unhealthy delicious thing we can mm, find every day i got awesome.
5: that stir fry time and time again and then, I went, then i started going down the street to first watch to get breakfast until i couldn't anymore
3: oh yeah so
5: oh yeah we
4: introduced michael to first watch oh that place is amazing awesome yep. Yep. yeah so good yep,
3: yep. that so, became like so the you, focal point of the morning is like the it was text everybody and see what yep.
4: they want <laughs> yeah we, totally, we were like we're going to first watch yeah. it was like there's a first watch I'm like yeah
2: <laughs> that place doing? is like mcdonald's breakfast like it's so good dude. It's you, f- you forget you forget what it is because first watch closes at like three, yeah. two. You know yeah. what I mean? They're done, and by the time you think about it, you're like, oh shit. Oh, yeah. First watch is delicious.
4: Okay, but like I, I there wasn't one here, and then I went on tour, and I came back, and it was like built and open, and I got so unreasonably excited nice. that I like drove <laughs> by it and was like, yes, what a surprise. <laughs> that's awesome. I wish
5: I had one close by, but I don't. Mm. It was so, great.
4: So you, yeah. you,
0: you mentioned you, you, you like doing so many different things, and, and that's the cool part about your job and your experience and all these things, but what's something in audio that you don't like, that you figured out that, hey, I, I don't want to do that? What don't I like doing? She likes
3: everything. Can't you tell, Chris?
5: <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> you know what I don't like too much? I don't like loading trucks. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. fair. That's fair. Fair. Yeah,
2: totally fair. There are
4: people that love it and people that hate it. Not a lot of I in between. Really
2: like I it. like. I like it. I'm a fan. I like I, calling
4: packs. Yeah. I do too. I, I like being in
2: the truck. I like wheels to the sky. I like sing little songs. I do whatever I got to do. Mm-mm.
4: I'm not sure if I love loading trucks because I know it means I'm about to get ready to go to bed, but I still Mm-mm. love
5: it. I I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> like. I think I blame UPS. Before I got into audio, I think I was working at UPS and I was <laughs> like, this is like hell in a box. And I really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. And so ever since then, but like honestly, I don't know. I, but that's probably my least favorite part about all of like production. And it's, I know it's not exactly. Audio, but it's part of it. I think I enjoy enough about everything and audio that I do to, you know, actually keep an interest in it. But the part that I just cannot get with time and time again is the non-audio part. I don't know. I find joy. I try to find joy in everything I do. So I think I've curated um, that's good my life and my career at this point to be a reflection of the things that I enjoy. So there's. I, I don't really have. I am not really doing anything that I don't enjoy besides the trucks.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. What, that's, cool. those, that's really cool. What what it,
2: what does your friends and family say about your job now that you've been with it and doing it for a while and you're you're successful at it? Like, what what kind of feedback do you get from your friends and family that have known you forever and watch your journey?
5: My friends, I think everybody's super proud. I think they're inspired in ways. Uh, to me, I just feel like I'm doing it and just finding the next thing because these things end and you got to find the next thing. So it feels like I'm in the hustle. So I don't always see what they're talking about, but I think they're pretty proud of me. And I think they don't quite get what I do like, at all. Some of them, cause I don't just have friends and not all of them work in audio or entertainment in any way so especially my parents they're like what the like, what are you doing like- <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> like, are, you, are you making money yeah yeah i think they're i think everybody's just proud and like especially being from like middletown ohio there's this is a very unique career like um not a lot of people come out of middle town ohio working in this field a lot of people work work in factories here and they just keep that route for like their entirety of their lives and they usually have families by now and they just stay in these factories because it offers them like good benefits even though they're like they probably have interests other otherwise but like that's the cycle of here where i'm at in ohio so i think i'm inspiring in that way that i'm doing something uncanny to where i'm from And then I try to explain it, and then I think, I think they think that I'm, like, parlaying with celebrities all the time. (laughs) And I'm like, like, actually, um, most recently, I've just been in a desert mixing Disney on ice shows. So, (laughs) take that as you will, but... (laughs)
3: You were you were like alternatively very hot and very cold throughout the day. <laughs> I was going to ask about
4: that. I was like, "How is the ice shows in the Middle East?" Well,
0: let's I have a question that can get us there. So hold on. Let me let me let's. Get, uh, so you mentioned about being from a small town in mm-hmm. Ohio. Um, what has it been like to experience the world outside of being from a small town? Uh, and then we can get to doing ice shows in the day. Okay, <laughs>
5: yeah, I can just say I had to spend weeks. I just got back at the beginning of January. I think I had to spend weeks decompressing and reflecting on the whole entire experience because it's blown my entire mind. Like, oh, like, <laughs> it feels like I'm like in a time warp. It is crazy. I love it elsewhere in the world. Like I love it here, but I love it in those other places that I was at. And to recap... I was in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, went from there to Abu Dhabi, spent some time in Dubai because we had some time off. And that was amazing. I was in like Oz there. from like Wizard of Oz. It was crazy. And then after that, I went to Kuwait and Paris and Épernay, and um, Egypt. And now I'm back. And those places, I've never been to any of those places before. It, It has expanded my mind on everything, on everything from food to the entertainment industry. Like, it's it's completely shifted the way I see things and how, um, how value is placed differently um, on people's experiences. I think overseas, especially, like, in Riyadh. Riyadh is an amazing place for entertainment. They put on huge shows. I would have never guessed it. Like, they're putting on festivals that last four months and i didn't know that and they mm-hmm. throw these festivals up overnight like very quickly like and it's not just festivals with the stage they're building whole amusement parks like in a matter of weeks that just to host like festivals and and other things and then the way i mean i think like claire goes out there i think they claire just did like a black pink show out in riyadh and everything but like the way that like the stage, like the stage hands, the local stage hands there prioritize like helping out and being a part of the whole and being invo- involved. It's a different energy than like the stage hands that I've worked with in America. And I did a little bit of touring here in America too, not nearly as much as other people, but just the small contrast that I've been able to see has been mind blowing to me. Um, Wow, I don't even know. And food—they don't use food dyes over there. That's another—that's another topic. But that blew my mind too because, like, red food number die, red dye, red dye—they don't put that in food, and it's interesting. I don't know. That's another topic.
2: But we—we we could do a whole episode on the way that other countries make you poop <laughs> because of the food that you eat. Because it's I way different. <laughs> it really is.
3: <laughs> I mean, I think you can maybe do like, that on your own podcast, Kyle. That's, but but that's, that's something, something that, that we don't thing.
2: talk about is diet, especially like traveling overseas for an American is like we're used to certain things. Yeah. And like uh, th- this could be bad. This could kind of throw you and things don't taste the same way. So if you're very into like a certain thing, like my lady drinks Coke. If I send her to Canada to get a Coke, she would be super mm. upset. Like she wouldn't last <laughs> in Canada for a couple of days. Ketchup. It doesn't have a, corn yeah. syrup. So it doesn't taste the same. If you like ice, good luck in the UK. Like there's all these (laughs) things that go along with touring that we never really talk about um, that are just normal over there. Like you can't get Skittles in Europe because they're, they're illegal. So next time you go to Europe, take a box of Skittles with you and you could probably sell them on the black market over there for a little bit. It's funny because the Skittles is what made me
5: realize that there's no dye in them because in Riyadh, I was somebody handed me a handful of Skittles. I was like, what's wrong with the color? Because they were all dull. Yeah. They were dull. And then I looked at the ingredients and it only had like a few ingredients. It was like sugar and like fruit juices and fruit extracts and like there was no dye whatsoever. So the color of them was from like beets and like other things. There was like no yep. lime greens and no red. It was so interesting.
1: Blew yep. my mind.
5: But yeah, I was in Riyadh for six weeks. So I had to really, in the same venue, we played in a tent. It was so challenging working in these, I didn't do like a big stage cause I had to be indoors. And in this um, amusement park that they had built, they built us a tent. Um, no acoustic treatment whatsoever. So it was basically just mixing reflection for six, seven weeks. And, <laughs> and it wasn't great, but eventually you get used to it. You, you can't change it. You can't, you can't change it is what it is. Um, but they still, the 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 value of like a great show every time was so important to these audiences and like these people out here. They just, they loved it. <laughs> they loved the show so much more. Like the reaction was so different than like what it was like touring in America. And it's the same exact show like over and over and over again. So interesting. Um, everything was so luxurious. <laughs> like like, the things that they provided. Everything was so set up. I don't know. Basically, I came back to the States a little bit bougie because I was treated so luxuriously besides the tent. (laughs) Besides the tent that they had me mixing in. Everything else was super luxurious. But they were super accommodating with the tent. Like, nobody actually mentioned like, the reflection too much. Like, because the royal family would come out. And all of the, the royal family friends would be there with all of their, like, Riches and you could just
2: G Wagons
5: everything. Yeah.
2: Just as far as the eye could see. G wagons -wagons
5: and like some other things I didn't even know. There's other types of cars. I don't know. (laughs) There's other things out there that I just haven't seen before. But it's like yeah, nobody really mentioned it and that was my concern at first. I was like, Oh my gosh, everybody's gonna talk about the sound and I'm like, I don't know what else to do because
0: yeah, but there, but oh, but there's a thing here though, we, and this is even in the states. This is even, and and Mike, you talked about this too, right? Like, so something I think we take for granted is that. People um, who are local to a town actually get accustomed to regular people who go to shows like they've only ever heard Mm -hmm. that arena, that theater, that whatever. So they actually most people's experiences aren't expanded beyond that. And so there is some level of acceptance, uh, um, whether they realize it or not of that experience. And so if they're used to seeing tense shows there, no matter what the production is there's a certain level of they already have an expectation They walk into this room. It's going to kind of yeah. have this thing too. And I think it's something that we uh, yeah. take for granted when we do some of these um, yeah. venues. Yeah.
5: That one, I, I can say that for sure. Cause um where was I Kuwait or somewhere? I think that was like a, that was a venue that wasn't newly built for us. That was my concern with Riyadh. I was like, this is a brand new tent. I don't know how they're going to respond. Mm. I, I, I don't know because they have these big stages elsewhere. And I'm like, I hope they don't expect it to sound like their outdoor stage. And there was another tent right next to us that was hosting DJs. And when the DJs would do their sound checks and the shows would start, whatever they had, their subs would just overpower our show. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was an experience. But I had a great time. I had a great time overall.
0: How do they did, keep did the you,
5: ice from oh, that was, melting? The best air conditioning in the world is in the Middle <laughs> East. I promise you, they do not play. They do yeah. not play that building. No, no matter where you're at, <laughs> will be on frigid, <laughs> and it'll probably smell good because they have like these um these like oil perfume diffusers like every fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. It's nice.
4: I think the coldest hotel room I've ever been yep, in was in Cairo. Probably. yeah
2: so did you have to face anything as an american going over there that made you cringe or you couldn't do or could do due to customs or anything like that i mean or did you did you witness anything where you were like ah, probably shouldn't have saw that or heard that
4: (laughs) did you have any issues as a female in the middle east no i didn't
5: And I remember we were talking about this, like, before we had left, you were like, you got to cover up, you got to be modest. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I was super nervous and went over there and Riyadh was the place that I really just, that was the place where I had to be the most modest. And I wasn't, it wasn't so modest where it's like, you could only see my eyes. Um, You kind of get like this um, leniency as a tourist because it's obvious that you're a tourist. that I'm a tourist, So like. They don't expect you to be in like (laughs) (laughs) full I I thought that they were like going to be I don't know I thought I don't know what I expected to be let me just explain what it actually was so in Riyadh like they did not see they did not want to see women lifting a finger they like treated me like a queen out there which was so nice and completely blew my mind like they saw me out there like Doing the things that I was supposed to, do, like pushing a crate, like doing, lifting something that looked heavy to them. And they were like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Put it down. I got it. Ma'am, please. <laughs> like, and I'll be like, whoa, this is so weird. So I got, I was so luxurious in Riyadh for me. The respect was like off the charts. And I don't know if that was because I was a tourist or because I was working the show when we were like there as like, because we were asked the show was asked to come there by the royal family because like somebody's son wanted to watch the show um so yeah so i don't know if it's that type of respect that came with it but that was super nice that was super nice i it wasn't what i expected i didn't know what to expect but it wasn't that um but i haven't i didn't really have anything that really threw me off at all like i don't know i don't know i'm not complaining that I didn't have any of those situations but I just nothing threw me off nothing <laughs> I had a good time y'all I that's good, good, that's, yeah. a good yeah, that's, that's, that's a good awesome. report that's a good report awesome.
2: that's what I want to hear
3: <laughs> all right so Alana what's what's the next thing for you what's something you want to do that you haven't done yet what's on I want Horizon? to tour or the bucket what's I want the to bucket tour list with
5: musicians like touring with um fell Disney on ice is one thing that's cool But, like, I want to tour with musicians. And when I'm not doing that, I want to get deeper into the creative, like, recording side of things, whether it be like songwriting or recording or vocal producing, get back into that in an even more creative, more present way. Some that I'm out here and not just sitting on ideas or sitting on projects or whatever anymore, to start putting things out, working with people that are more actively putting things out. That's kind of what my focus is for the next few seasons, I guess. Yeah. Great. Sick.
3: Sam, do you want to ask her your question?
4: Sure. So what do you wish you knew when you first started?
5: I wish that I knew. I wish that I knew how to. How do I put it? I would say, I want to be, I want to say, like, I wish I was more technologically inclined in the beginning, but you don't learn that until, like, you do some things and you experience some things. I want to say that I wish I was more equipped to handle my reactions to situations that weren't as comfortable. Um, basically, I remember in the beginning, I would be the discomfort. I couldn't lean into it as well. And I, I would be very shy and very timid. This was the time when I wasn't asking the questions that I needed to ask. And I was kind of just in the background, like a background player and learning by looking rather than actually like getting in it and being verbalizing my concerns because I, or my questions because it's good to verbalize your concerns too because like you see some things that you know might save the day (laughs) like um yeah i wish i had known to better manage my reactions and to be brave and confident in myself before i got into it because then i probably would have saved myself some months of like inner turmoil because i think it's easy when you're a newbie and i always kind of still do feel like a newbie but i think it's easy to feel like um for your confidence to get crushed a little bit depending on like a situation but that's okay cuz it's like it's not true <laughs> like it's never really true it's just internal and it's just handle your reactions handle your emotions as these situations or occurrences happen i wish i had known and i don't know how i would have known other than somebody just telling me like hey sometimes you're going to fuck up <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're gonna fuck up but it's gonna be okay and sure. this is what you do when that happens so
0: I, I like that sometimes you're gonna fuck up but it'll be okay shit happens that's that's the, kind of, yeah. that's the yep. short version of that i like Yep. but
5: <laughs> <Yep. laughs> so now i know yeah
0: is it my turn is it my turn? it's your turn or, okay. or joey's one of the two yeah joey's helping me here
3: joey's um, on your
2: shoulder
0: yeah he's okay. hanging out he's
3: doing the podcast um Alana, uh, we're all going to come visit you in your hometown in Ohio, and you're going to take us out to eat. Where are we going to go? What's
5: your favorite spot? That would be awesome. I haven't. That would be awesome. Um, I would love to go to, so you're asking me about Ohio. It's like a food desert out here.
1: Okay, this cool so this place is mean- called Chili's. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say. <laughs> wow.
3: right, let's say. What's the let's do the alternative one. version? We're gonna we I, we have a private jet, okay, and we're gonna borrow Dave Chappelle's private jet, and we're gonna go like somewhere to eat. Where are okay, we gonna go? There
5: was this place in Abu Dhabi. I don't remember the name of it, but it was near the Etihad Arena. No, yeah, yeah, yes. It was near the arena there in Abu Dhabi, and it was like this musical like old school hip-hop r&b ramen spot and it was so damn good it was the best ramen i ever had in my life i don't remember the name of it it was so good i went like three days in a row that's where we're gonna go nice yep sick solid
3: (laughs) wait kyle you got a dealer's choice question you want to throw out there Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, it's up to you. All right. So if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define it? Um,
5: this is simple. I just want to be known as, um, I just want to be remembered for always following my passion, chasing and curating my joy and my peace because life is way too short and also simultaneously way too long to be bored and miserable and not enjoying things. And I hope that by me following and being determined in my passions and my interests, I hope it's inspiring and uplifting to those that look up to me. If anybody looks up to me or if I'm influencing anybody in any way, whether I see it or not, I hope that they see that that's all I'm doing is just, Following what my is calling me to do. And it's that simple. It's just simple. Life is simple.
1: It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome.
5: Love. Absolute pleasure. It's been great. This Thank was you. awesome. Thank you, Thank Thanks you for all. Chatting with Thanks us. For Thank you all so much. It's been great to meet you, Kyle and Chris. It's great to see you again, Sam and Michael.